Hi everybody, this is your Florida man. I just wanted everybody to know that I'm going to be dealing with some sensitive subject here tonight. So, just trigger warning. This one deals with, first off, family gatherings at Christmas. Sometimes that's bad enough. And this one was the worst, so... Warnings for incest and child death. Yeah, you guys, this is, this is a rough one. Welcome back to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things spooky, southern, and all about family bonds today. Yeah. So, I've got kind of a story for you. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to go back to 1929 for a little while. Fantastic. Yep. In the meantime, I hope everyone will be sharing their love, giving us their Facebook likes and Mm -hmm. five-star reviews. And I am your Carolina girl. And I am your Florida man. So, Tony's taking the lead on this one. I'm just going to sit here and kind of react to whatever he says. So, you know, normal conversation. Yeah, right. So, have you... First off, why did you... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Why did you choose this story? Uh, Because I was was in a documentary for it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I was in a documentary made by Break of Dawn Productions. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, One of the best bosses I've ever had, a man named Matt. Nice. Yeah, just really chilled out kind of dude, but into a lot of the stuff that we are. Yay, creepy stuff. Yep, he did a a short kind of movie... Uh-huh. Based on Hellraiser <clears throat> called The Tontine, which I worked on and helped him out a little bit. And, you know, from then on, he just, I loved working with him. He was just so cool, so chilled out. But um, he told me about this story and it kind of piqued my interest. Fantastic. So, what story is it? Okay, so have you ever heard of Charlie Lawson? Until you, I have not. Okay. It happened a long time ago. A lot of people don't know about it. Or if they do, they're like, oh yeah, it was that one thing. So it's a very local story? Uh, Yeah, it's in the Germington area. Germington? In North Carolina. What a weird name. Yeah. Well, it starts off in Lawsonville. Charlie Lawson was born in Lawsonville. So family founders, I take it? I'm assuming so. I I don't think I ever learned one way or another if they were related to the people who started the town. If that, it's a fantastic coincidence. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But Charlie Lawson, normal kid, family were farmers, sharecroppers. He grew up learning all that. I'm going to assume he probably had, like, a lot of siblings. Charlie? Yeah. I believe he had two siblings, two brothers. Wow, on a farm? That's kind of unusual. Yeah, it is. But... Charlie kind of met a woman in 1911. Ah, uh, 1900s romance. Yep, and her name was uh, Fanny Manring. Okay, Fanny Manring. Yes, M-A-N-R-I-N-G, Manring. Okay, I can't say anything. I have a relative on my family tree whose name is Fanny Beaver Pig. She's way back there. Wow. I know, right? It's so unfortunate. <laughs> wow, that is an unfortunate name. So apparently she was Fanny Beaver, and then she married the pig family, so just a long string of unfortunate names. Wow. <laughs> so, Fanny Manring... 
doesn't sound that bad, though. Yeah. It does um, sound like the punchline of some terrible joke. It really does. Define this on now, humanity. Now, uh, Charlie and Fanny actually had eight kids. That sounds painful. In the 20s. Eight that, kids. I guess that sounds normal, um, but that's a lot. Yeah. Then again, I suppose that was fairly normal. Yeah. They, wow. they They did have a younger one who was born in 1914, but kind of died due to pneumonia. Born in 1914, lived to 1920, and got pneumonia. Oof. Which back then was very deadly. Yeah, yeah. I there's mean, a lot e- of things that we get nowadays that it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. We forget that, you know, sometimes there are things that just kill you because they could. Mm-hmm. Rabies, tuberculosis. So Charlie got his own farm, worked as a sharecropper, farming tobacco, of course, because up there, great place for farming tobacco. I lost track. I'm sorry, where is he? I know the town names, but... Is He's this... in Germington, North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, what's the thing? In 1929, on Christmas Day, Charlie, who was 43, took his family, Fanny, Marie, Arthur, Carrie, Mabel, James, Raymond, and Mary Lou, the youngest, who was four months old, Aww. took him into town, bought him all new clothes, and said, we're taking a portrait. That sounds sweet, albeit I am curious what's open on Christmas, but I don't know what it's like in the 1929. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some shopkeepers were desperate. We're still in the Depression, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Towards the end like of that, 29, though. yeah, we're in the Depression. Okay. But yeah, he, he, he went in and he spent a lot of money. Money that they, it took him a year to make. Like, I mean, he absorbed an amount of money. So, that sounds either suspicious or it's, careless. It's a little, su- it's a little <laughs> sus. Yes, I'm sure Fanny was just like, "What? Yeah, what like, what are we doing?" And took them, like, and took them on a shopping spree. Really, again on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, that is so weird. Okay, that's the one thing that I'm. I, I know this can't possibly end well, but I'm hung up on the what's open on Christmas. Apparently, everything. Yep. So that afternoon. When they got home, everything was going good. Their daughter, Marie, she was making a cake. They made She made raisin cakes. That sounds good. Which, I mean, it's really what it is. It's a normal cake with the icing and raisins covering the icing. I'm back, sure it was fame. You know, I was about to say, back then. back then, raisins were a thing. Nowadays, yes. people are like, oh my God, raisins. They're well, not I mean, like fruitcake. Most people hate it, allegedly, now. But obviously, it was popular at one point. So it's part of a fruitcake. Yep. One fruit. They all got home. They all started doing their thing. Fanny apparently was sitting on the porch. Marie was tending to the cake and her two little brothers. And uh, his eldest son, Charlie, told Arthur to go into town to buy ammo for their annual rabbit hunt. Sorry, I'm just having this image of I'm glad it's not the Easter tradition. (laughs) Right? That would be all kinds of messed up. Let's go hunt the Easter Bunny. Yep. The t- there was two daughters, Carrie and Maybell. They decided they wanted to walk to their aunt's house, which and they're was, the like tween age. Uh, Carrie was twelve. Maybell was seven, I believe. Okay. So that, I mean, they're within they're that. Pretty young, yeah. But not stupidly. They're young. still they're still young though. But they were like, well, we're gonna walk to our aunt's house. It's right down the road. Okay. Probably take them ten minutes to get there if they walked. Yeah. Not very far. They set off to their aunt's house, but as they pass the barn, Charlie, with a 12-gauge, shoots both of them in the back. That does not sound like a decent Christmas present. No, it doesn't. In their new clothes. Yes, in their new clothes. Ne- notice, I'm not even concerned that he's just shot his children. I'm just like, that's just a crazy thing to do. Yep. Why okay, kids, Christmas? today, Santa brought you buckshot. You're terrible. Just saying. He he wasted them right there, drug them into the barn. Wow. Apparently, I, 
believe Maybell was still alive, and he took the butt of the shotgun and pretty much finished the job with that. Ugh, I, I don't know. I've I don't know why I have a problem with this. I mean, other than just killing them, but I also have this thing about you know like pain. I would think I would think you would want to finish them off quickly if you're gonna do this, not bludgeon them to death. Again, um, I I know it's kind of weird what it is I have a problem with, but I'm just like if you would I don't know. There are plenty of other people who have killed their entire families, and there's such moral goals to follow, but they're usually kind of methodic and quick. I don't want to say. I'm not going to say names, uh. but when we were conducting the interview for this, talking to a gentleman, and he said that it looked like Maybell was making bloody snow angels. Ah! Yeah. Oh, that's gruesome. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. So he took them into the barn, crossed their arms over their chest, put rocks underneath their head like they were just laying down to go to sleep, locked the barn, and started walking home. And it's going to get worse. Oh, goody. He goes home. Fanny is, I think, I believe she was bringing in firewood. and he Would she have not heard this? Uh, well, I guess gun, she mustn't have. gunshots back then were kind of normal. No, okay, fair enough. She heard two shots. Given the rabbit hunting and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, she heard two shots. It could have come from anywhere. Okay. So she was bringing on firewood, and as she was walking up the steps, he put the shotgun in the base of her back and pulled the trigger. Which, but the effect is the same. Which, yeah, she, yeah, that's, that's, uh, he ended her pretty damn quick. Wow. Ma- Marie and the two youngest boys, James and Raymond. Mary Lou is the four-month-old. She was in the crib the entire time. As four months old often do. So now this having happened, Dad just walked up, blew Mom away on the front porch. Marie, 17. James, 4. Raymond, 2. Of course, they're freaking out. Naturally. Marie shoes them away, tells them to hide. Dad comes in and kills Marie. Just open shot, boom, done. Wow. In front of the boys. In front of the boys. Naturally. After she's gone, he coaxes the boys out, kills them each by shooting them, and then... Wow. Yes. And he then, is just not having a good he day. He is apparently not. Then, sadly, and fair warning, he turns the gun on the baby, the four-month-old. Wow. And I believe the story goes is he couldn't shoot the baby, so he beat the baby to death with a bow of shotgun. Couldn't, as in was out of ammo, or couldn't bring himself to? Because, again, I, don't I think know. that would be easier than... I, d- I do not know. Well, that's horrible. Yes. Now, Arthur, still in town... Right. ...to get ammo for that exact gun. How convenient that he sent this one child His, his 16-year-old, who was taller than him, bigger than him, and could outdo him in every way... Ah. He sent him away. Okay. Arthur and a couple of his buddies drove to town. So clearly this is somewhat premeditated. Absolutely. Sounds like it's very premeditated. Yes, like, I mean, he he must have been planning this for a while. So it's not just he had a momentary bit of crazy, but he's had it for a bit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Charlie just disappears after this, takes his two dogs, walks into the woods. Okay. Just, I mean, all the bodies, he casually... Put pillows underneath their heads, crossed their arms, locked the door, walked out. How strange. Yeah, pretty damn strange. I mean, to leave them, I don't know, carefully arranged like he actually cared about them having just murdered them? Yeah, and and there's still a lot of theories on to why this happened. I but, guess they'd have to be theories. But, but we're jumping ahead just okay. a little bit. A cousin comes over to wish them Merry Christmas. Oh, oh dear. And walks into this 
very horrific scene. You know, I've seen the crime scene photos from it. It was bad. It was And are you saying horrible. this as just a regular person or as someone who has been an EMT and has seen No, like as, as, as someone who's seen things like this, this was horrible. Dang. I don't know if you know, but shooting someone with a regular gun leaves a little bit of a hole. Just a little... I, I mean, I'm vaguely aware just, of this. Just a little hole, a little bit of blood. With a shotgun, it's a little different. Oh, dear. Yes. I won't get into details, but needless to say, there's a lot more stuff around. Dumb question. Yeah. Is it worse if you're at a slight distance or like with Fanny where he stuck it like right up to her? Oh, that's the worst. Gotcha. Um, okay. One of the interviewers pretty much said that when he pulled the trigger, she opened up. Bad. Yeah. So were they having problems with each other? Did he absolutely despise her? Or was this just part of the, the plan? I guess this was part of the plan. I guess he didn't leave notes or anything, did he? No. Well, he left a couple of notes, and we'll get to that here. Okay, in a, in, sorry. We'll, no, we'll get to that here in a little while. Arthur, his son, his 16-year-old son, returns home. The same time the cousins are visiting? There is a couple minutes later. Oh, okay. There are already like 50 people outside his house. Oh. Yeah. His entire family is gone now. Like, everyone he ever loved, gone in a matter of minutes. That's right. Yeah, there's actually a picture of him, the only survivor at the funeral, and it's it's pretty rough. But I think you've shown me that picture, yes. and he looks, I mean, needs to say not well, but yes. he looks pretty haunted. But here's the thing, 5,000 people showed up to that funeral. Wow. Yes, 5,000 people. Like I was saying, his suicide note. He actually had three items on him, I believe. One was a letter addressed to his parents. Okay. Piece of paper. These were tobacco sales slips that oh, he okay. had. One of them read, nobody to blame but, end quote. Okay. And the other one read, troubles can cause, end quote. Did he not finish writing them? Or I, were they torn? Or do we know? We don't know. We just know that that's, that's all they said. Curious. So that now, doesn't really answer any questions. That just it, makes it, 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 make, it makes you ask more questions. Right? So okay, so as Arthur is coming up and he sees all this stuff going down, all these people around his house, he just found out his family has been killed. They hear a gunshot come from the woods, and there was a police officer standing next to Arthur, just talking to him, calming him down, and he's like, well, I want to go and check that out. I want to go and check out what that gunshot was. Arthur decides they're going to go, he's going to go with him. Even though he, I mean, did he assume perhaps that maybe he was next? Well, they, I mean, it was one of those things of, you know, you're, all your family's dead, we can't find your dad. Uh -huh. So that's why he was like, well, I'm going with you, you know? Gotcha. They go into the woods. Now, keep in mind, it's been snowing for a while. They go into the woods. They find Charlie Lawson's body underneath the tree, and he had obviously been pacing around the tree for a while. Oh. There was a path of him pacing. Well, I mean, if if you know, if you're going to give yourself a one-way pass to the forever box, you're going to think it over as well, you I, know. Yeah, I suppose so. Though once you've already murdered your entire family, you, you it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah, yeah, there are some things that you can't undo. Mm. Well, what had happened to Charlie? He was walking around a tree and... And, and shot himself. Killed himself. Okay. Well, they instant in, justice, I guess. Yeah. Like, he, he bowed out. Curious. Yep. I've never understood the whole, let's murder my whole family, and then I'll kill myself. It's like, can't you just leave everybody else out of it? Well, some messed up people believe that, you know, if I can't have something, no one can have something. Uh, fair enough. So there's a couple of theories going around on why Charlie did this. No doubt. I'm sure it's a subject of great speculation in a small town. And apparently still is. So, one of the theories is, months, months before any of this had taken place, Charlie was working on a fence, 
Mm-hmm. He had like a mattock, like a uh, a pickaxe. Mm-hmm. He went to hit something. It got caught in the barbed wire. Oh. Well, he was kind of mad about it and pulled on it really hard, and it came back and hit him in the head. Called yes, brain because damage. when you're having a problem with a sharp-edged weapon that's stuck, yanking on it is a great idea. Exactly. But from what I understand, the autopsy of him they they sent him to they sent him to Johns Hopkins Hospital, and they did the autopsy there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, of course, examined his brain, checking, you know, like, seeing what was up. And they found no abnormalities whatsoever, except, like, one part of his brain was a little underdeveloped. Interesting. Indeed. So, the pickaxe didn't hurt anything. The apparently. pickaxe to his head apparently didn't mess up anything. So, okay, no, no rewiring on that one. <clears throat> so, false lead, not yeah. going anywhere. No. Now, this is the one where I'm going to give people trigger warnings. Okay. Okay, so fair warning right now, we're about to get into some dark, dark shit (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to go there. How do I put this? I'm trying to think of a way to... Some things you can't be terribly delicate with. It was rumored that Charlie. It was rumored that Charlie was sleeping with his daughter. I yeah, I remember reading that someone was saying that there was an unusual relationship there. Yeah, like even a couple of her friends claimed that she thought she may be pregnant by oh. her father. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and she's seventeen. She's seventeen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the age of consent at that time is, but I think in our day and age, you know, about 100 years later, that's just beyond creepy on many, many levels. Incest removed, that's just creepy, but the fact that it is also incestuous is just like, ugh, okay. Yeah, so even, like, Fanny's family, like, her sister, sister-in-law and stuff like that, had been discussing a, um incestuous relationship between Marie and Charlie. So it was uh, becoming known. It was a whispered about thing. Yeah, but supposedly during their exchanges, Charlie told Marie that if anyone ever find out, there'd be some killing done. Oh, wow. So not only was he taking advantage of her and coercing her, he was threatening her. Indeed. Again, like I said, there's some triggering shit here. And even if she didn't say anything, which I guess she must have said something at some point, it's kind of hard to hide a pregnancy back then. It really is. It's kind of hard to hide it now. Now, I've heard rumors of stuff like this, like, you know, the incestuous thing, him hitting in his head. But I've also heard that he had ties in with the mob and that he, in fact, didn't kill his family, that his family was killed by the mob, and that in his grief, he went out into the woods and shot himself. What? I mob. I, I mean, I'm. But you're talking. Like I'm talking mafia. about the mafia. Yeah, like mafia. What kind of businesses were they in in North Carolina in the 30s or late? Tobacco. Okay, I mean, yeah, okay, it that makes was sense. a lucrative farm. Oh, okay. So maybe they were trying to get in on his business. Kind yeah. Of thing. Gotcha. So this is just you know me you know playing around with it, but there was also somebody who said that he witnessed a mob hit gone wrong, and that's why he was killed. But then again, you would think that they would just target him and not everybody, okay, including it, the mafia. That's yeah. all I got to say. The mafia. They don't leave loose ends. But is a four-month-old a loose end? I mean, I guess. I, I, I'm, I'm not mob. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not a part of the mafia. I have no clue. Sorry, you're the one storytelling, therefore I get to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have the answers, but... Shortly after the murders, and I mean like like a week 
after the murders, uh-huh. Charlie's brother, Marion, opened the home where Charlie killed his family and started charging people to come and see it. You know, I'm not even shocked. Like, you know, showing corpses in the Wild West was a big thing. So, I don't know. Dark tourism, but that's kind of cold for your own family. It is. He would charge, now keep in mind, 1930. New Year's 1930. Yeah. <laughs> On the cusp of 1930, he was charging... Great way to start the decade. He was charging people 25 cents to come in and see the the house. The, the equivalent is like $8. I know like most museums... I don't know most, but I know like there's the term of dime museum. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming if dimes are usually used for admission, he's charging a lot yeah. for a sensational scene. Oh, yeah. I'm going to assume that there wasn't a whole lot of crime scene cleanup. Back then, it was up to the family. Oh, which was all gone. Which um, I'm led to believe that there was still blood on the floor when people... He roped it off and let people walk through the house. So for people at home listening, yeah. or wherever you are, Tony did pull up a few of the crime scene photos for me. Yeah. Um, do so at your own risk. They're more vivid than, well, I mean, they're easier to see than, say, like, Jack the Ripper crime scene photos, because if you're like me, you look at that kind of stuff. Um, they're clearer than that, but they are kind of intense. Yeah. Um, now get this. You remember me telling you about <clears throat> poor Marie, 17 years old, yeah. taking care of her brothers, making a cake? Yeah, yeah. So, like I explained before, this is a raisin cake. Normal cake, icing, raisins all over it. I mean, just covering it. Mountain of raisins. Okay. It was still in the house when he opened it as a museum. I'm having horrible ideas. First off, it's got to be stale by now, but raisins keep forever. Yeah. You're giving me that look. What did he do with it? So... Did he sell slices of it? Not slices. Okay. So he realized after a week or two that people were stealing a raisin off of the cake. So they're paying 25 cents and taking souvenirs. And taking souvenirs. So he must have been really so close So what to his he family. did was he took a little sign, put one raisin, 10 cents. And, wow. And just... as the raisin, <laughs> yes, and as the raisins would start to deplete, he would replace the raisins. You know, I'm almost impressed with his capitalistic verve. You know, I'm yeah, just like, well, wow. Yeah. That is, I mean, I. I don't know. I mean, it's one thing for someone to kill their entire family, but then for your sibling to come along and be like, I'm going to capitalize on your mass murder. What an opportunity. Now, I'm going to end it for now because I still have a little bit more to cover. Oh, so we're doing a part one and part two. Yeah, we're going to do a part two, but we're going to do a part two nowadays. Because Matt and his mother Maria have some awesome stories about going to see the house. And yeah, so what I'm going to do is in part two, I'm going to go over some of those stories. Now, are you doing this next week, or is this going to be a little later along? Um, We're probably going to do this a little bit later along, but I think everybody should look forward to it. Fantastic. So, in the meantime, they can look up the stories and look up absolutely photos if they're brave. I, yeah, do, <laughs> do it at your own risk. They are bloody. Now, but they are black and white. They are in black and white, but it's it's very real, very mm-hmm. sad. Uh, it's, it's pretty rough. It's like up there with the Valeska axe murders. Yeah, or watching the Subruder film. Like you, uh-huh. everything is there. And gotcha. I almost said of, in living color, but it. Well, fortunately, and, not. Yeah. yeah. I tend to assume that if you're listening to our podcast, you're probably, I don't want to say a fan of this, but you're not a stranger to yeah. this. Yeah, so if you're listening to our podcast, you're probably... Creepy? Creepy. Yeah, <laughs> like we are. A, yeah, sort of like we are, but... So this is the Lawson Christmas mm-hmm. Massacre, Yep. Uh, part one. Part one. 
And we'll have part two coming up sometime soon. Yeah, so we'll have part we two coming up. wrapping this up or... Yep, we'll be wrapping this up. Um, sorry. sorry, it's it's going to be a little short, but I still got a lot more to cover and I don't want to make it an hour and a half long. Fair enough. Alrighty. So this has been Southern Fried Spooky. We're mm-hmm. so glad you listened to us. I am Carolina Girl Heather. And I am Florida Man Tony. So give us your likes and your five-star reviews, and we'll be looking to see you again real soon. All bye, right. Bye, y'all. Oh, my God. Like, I, there's still those photos that I can't look at. Wow. I've only seen, like, one or two, but that's enough. You know the one with the raisin cake? That is the hardest picture to look at. I feel so bad for that cake.